0: Good day and welcome to another Forge Side Chat, a podcast about blacksmithing, bladesmithing, and everything in between with a heavy focus on talent in the great white north. Talking about Canada, Lyndon? And today we have two very special guests with us, Ethan Hardy and Mark Ling. How are you guys doing today?
1: Well, how are you all?
0: Good, good. Doing good.
2: Doing very well. Very well. Awesome, sir.
3: Excellent. So today we've got two guests on the show. We have Ethan Hardy and Mark Ling. So Ethan is from Alberta. He's 19 years old. And believe it or not, he was already a presenter in Can Iron 2019. And while he was there, Mark came up and presented with him. So we've got two of the dynamic duo, um, or I guess it's, what's a quadruple? I don't know what a duo, trio.
0: And <laughs> it's, like it's a quadruple. gang, man. It's a gang. It's a yeah. chain gang. It's, it's a chain, chain gang. gang. <laughs> so we got
3: two members of the chain gang. We're missing Andrew Larson and Jonathan Pinkston. And these guys are pretty freaking awesome. Um, We've got Mark, who studied under Matt Marty, who is affiliated with Brian Brazil. Very skilled. And Ethan, who studied under Alex Steele. And, oh, I was supposed to say that actually Ethan is Emily Hardy's wife. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, I screwed that yeah, up. Yeah, no.
0: So today with us, welcome everybody. Today yes. with us, we have uh, the husband of Emily Hardy. With us uh, is Ethan Hardy. Correct. Today, Ethan. Thanks for that. <laughs> something,
3: <laughs> something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so yeah, so he studied uh, under Alex Steele and used to make uh, lots of hammers for Alex Steele as well. So. If you ever purchased one in the past, maybe you have one of Mark Ethan's hammers. It's quite possible.
1: So what's up, guys? You go first, Mark. Sue that's with the first.
2: Word. Um well I as far as what's most recent, um, I just got back from a, a pretty extensive trip. Um Leading up to going to Quad State, I stopped at a a few different people's shops along the way, Um, that including Jordan Goodwin's with Axe and Anvil, Uh, and then I helped Andrew Larson with the new shop build, Um, and before both of their places, I went to the Tannehill Conference, which is put on by the Alabama Forge Council, and then following up at the end of all that was Quad State. Um, which is said to be the largest annual blacksmithing gathering in North America. Um, and I would say it, it certainly lived up to those standards and was pretty pretty cool.
0: Um, nice. even, even with COVID going on, it was still a real big event this year?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, this was the first year that I'd been, and there was people saying that the numbers did seem down, but there was still probably – uh, someone had said like a thousand people maybe, wow, uh, wow. that showed up. That's so and, cool. So yeah, it. I, I think that that COVID here might be um, a little bit different than it is there in, in the <laughs> North, but um, so so there's that, and just a lot of tool vendors. I, I think that was the most impressive part was just the number of of tailgaters there selling things. Um, yeah, I had never seen it before so.
0: so and then while you're there doing that you would suspect that Ethan would be with you there as well because I mean why why isn't Ethan there? Ethan why weren't you there?
1: When I tried to sporadically run across the border at 3 in the morning I was stopped by an attack helicopter they chased me back and
0: here I sit forced you to take a class 1 driver's uh, <laughs> exam?
1: The only way of you can course. get across the border is if you're a trucker. So here we are. There you uh, go. It's yep. working it. <laughs> that's all that's that is all in a joking way. Please don't report me. <laughs> <laughs> some people, some hosers don't know how to take humor like that. Hey. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well done.
0: Cool, man. So that's pretty much what you've been up to lately, Hayes. you uh, That's what you were telling us before is you're signed up for a class one course right now. You're not
1: at home. Where are you? I'm in Lloydminster, which is a border town between Alberta and Saskatchewan. And I'm just, I'm almost completed the first week of the four week class one course. It was just came up because of a, an opportunity through the ranch that I grew up on. And a class one's a handy thing to have, especially because it. Um, Is very expensive to get uh, right now. And then other than that, what I've been up to prior is moving. So when my wife and I first got married, we moved to Edmonton, the big city here in Alberta. And uh, I had a a really nice shop just outside the uh, southwest corner of Edmonton that I was renting. Um, And then the farm that Emily grew up on came up for sale via her parents because they wanted to move closer to their oil field business. They offered it to us no and, uh, and it was just the ideal location for us. And so we were blessed to be able to um, buy that. And so we've been moving there and that took about a month. It was a little ways away. And obviously there's quite a few heavy pieces of equipment to move and things like that. So um, just before I left, I would say that we were decently settled in. So it was kind of sad to have to leave our our new home and my new shop, but here we are. So that's what's going on with me lately.
0: Man, I know all too well what that's all about. Sorry, Justin. What were you gonna say there? I, I that's like three times. Well, no let's, off. no. let's
3: let's see what you, because Lyndon's living at home right now. He's he's in between homes. So yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's why he understands. Um, I don't know what I was gonna say, Lyndon.
0: Okay, well I mean I'll just carry yeah. on with where I was going with it then. I mean oh, I was gonna say so you. are you able
3: to travel back home during the
1: weekends to see your wife? She's actually staying with me. The bed's just just barely big enough or okay. Yeah.
3: Oh, you guys are newlyweds, that's perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah you're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just rented a little basement suite, but we are um, we I haven't yet encountered a weekend, but when I do, tomorrow evening we'll drive home, and I guess it's Thanksgiving this weekend. so We'll probably That's right. spend yeah. that time uh, over some turkey, and then we'll be back up. Absolutely. Oh, hey.
0: I wonder how could I do uh, Thanksgiving kulu I don't know, man. Got to do it like a turkey. I don't know, like is it? It's pretty much like a turkey already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That sounds like a turkey. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The having to be not in your home situation is no fun. I've been living with my mom now for almost three months because my wife and I, if, and, and if you're new to the podcast, you might catch some of this in earlier episodes, but we haven't quite talked about it in the last couple episodes. Um, been living with my mom for a couple months now. We, My wife and I sold our house. And in the whole midst of everything, found out while we were getting ready to sell our house that we weren't going to be getting our new place until November 20th. And we kind of just were like, well, you know, it is what it is. What do we do? Talked to mom and said, hey, this is a situation. She's at home alone anyway. So she said, yeah, doors open. Come on open or come on over. So yeah, living at home for a while. Don't have much of a shop. I got a little bit of a one bay garage that I'm working out of, but man, I cannot wait to get back into my shop. I am like just itching to get in there. November 20th, I finally get possession of my new property. And oh, I can't wait, dude. The the excitement is just it's just just killing me, man. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and I listened to Nick Tobin and his what what's his uh is his, his name? Job? Sean. No, Nick Tobin and uh, the guy on uh, grind for uh, hustle and grind, Mm, J.K. Blades. Yeah, they were talking on their podcast about you know, oh, we were away for a week from our shop, and it was just it was driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah, screw you. (laughs) (laughs) Away for a week and being upset, but then Mark's on the road for how long? Right.
2: Yeah. Well, that was that was an odd thing because. It had been, I think it was just about four weeks since I lit a forge in my shop when I got back. Um, And that's the longest I've gone for maybe since I started forging. I don't know. Actually, that's probably true. And it it was kind of a nice bit of a reset, I think, um, to step away from it for a while. And and also, you know, what I was doing for that time was also very encouraging for when I got back. Um, For sure.
0: (laughs) So, okay, we've heard what I've been up to lately, what Ethan's been up to, what Mark's been up to. Justin, what the heck you been up to, man? What you been doing?
3: Uh, My week's been kind of uh, nothing super special. I've been working on my website, trying to clean that up some more. You have Um, a website? Yeah, yeah, I do. What is it? Rainydayforge.ca.
0: No way. Yeah, I've been trying to... I thought you were just like Instagram and stuff. Well, well,
3: I have Instagram and Facebook, but I'm trying to get the website up and running properly. Mm. Listen to a few, like, not podcasts, but, like, video things this week, and uh, got a few little tips and stuff, so I'm trying to apply that. Um, Cool. I shipped some knives, down to uh, garage-grown gear. They're the guys that host my uh, my little hiking knife. Oh, Took cool. some pictures. Went for a walk in the bush, which was like it was ridiculously hot for October. Right, Plus thirty. I'm sweating out there in the woods, running around with my camera and trying to yeah get some nice lighting and stuff. I had um, to weld in that today. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sweaty. Yeah, it's, it's nasty. Really sticky. nasty. Well, and you, it's October. You're thinking it's going to be nice and cool and open the bay door and get the fresh air, but nope, it's not, not quite so hot. And I bought a little bit of handle material today. Went to uh, Windsor Plywood,
0: picked up a sheet um, of bakote. Very cool. Sheet, a is that, uh, is that a wood that you have to stabilize
3: or? No. No, it is dense. It is uh, quite solid. This piece has lots of uh, lots of grain in it. I saw that. Which, yeah, looks beautiful. Very nice. So I snagged it. I was looking at the uh, oh, cocobolo. Mm. Man, they had some nice cocobolo, but oh, it was so expensive. <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll grab a chunk at some point, but uh, I know that's a pretty severe irritant as well. So. And oh, I stable. I'm stabilizing some maple, uh, Manitoba maple box elder. I've got a batch soaking right now. It's under the vacuum for about 24 hours. Cool. Letting it bubble, draw out all the air, and now Dying. all the fluid is soaking into it. And I'll maybe I'll pull it out tonight and cook it. It's been it's been soaking for I don't know 28 hours now. So you got that in some dye? Yeah. Yeah um like a dark blue i don't know what else i put (laughs) honestly i was like just excited to get things going and just added colors and you can't really tell until it's drawn into it like how much dye do i put so i put it in there we'll see what what
0: it how it turns out so hopefully it works you guys ever uh play around with stabilized wood or anything like that
2: I have used it, but I've not ever, I've not ever done it. Um, so I, it's pretty foreign to me, I guess. Hmm.
3: Yeah, vacuum chamber yeah. is what's required—a vacuum pump, and you're drawing out all the air out of the wood. And then you, as you release the pressure, the liquid goes into the wood. But you need to keep it under that um under the fluid the level of the fluid so that it all gets soaked up
0: and even uh, yeah i was at love nest not that long ago and i was asking about the pumps that they had there if it would work for stabilizing wood and she didn't know what i was talking about quite really she was like stabilizing wood no that's not what you don't use this for that kind of wood honey
3: (laughs) if you want to stabilize it you'll need a popsicle stick and some tape so okay yeah (laughs) i don't know if there's love nets all around uh canada but whatever (laughs) it's an adult shop
0: yeah that was
3: all right lyndon let's dig deeper with these guys we've got ethan here we've got mark i i want to dig into the stories i'm uh before we started recording we're starting to jump into the stories and we're like whoa time out time out we want to hear that. that shit every time during this the show. Too. Yeah, we got yeah, to stop doing that. <laughs> um, let's let's go to our stock question. Uh, let's go with Ethan. We're
0: we're going Canadian first.
3: Uh, let's hear about uh, your first
0: anvil. It, it, maybe it wasn't an anvil. Maybe it was something that resembled an anvil. True.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Well, it was beat up enough that I would put it in the category of resembled an anvil. Um, (laughs) It was, you know what, I had had the great privilege of being able to use an anvil, though, for my first anvil, and it was simply just an anvil that was on the ranch uh, when I was growing up. Shop anvil. Yeah, Bolton, number 10. And so I'm very thankful for that, but the first anvil that I purchased was a westco cast steel anvil i've only ever heard of one or two others i i don't know if it was a canadian or an american company it was a hundred pound anvil kind of had some weird proportions um maybe i'll post a picture of it on my instagram story people For are sure. sure yeah do it um it Make sure to pretty-
3: tag us in it
1: i will do yeah will do. but yeah just kind of had some weird proportions uh so kind of intrigued me it's a it was a london pattern um but yeah, hundred pound cast steel anvil, and I think I sold it about a year later. And with that money, went and bought another one, a little bigger. So those are the. That's the story of my first anvil. Both uh, nice. And I, what did you buy? At with that money, I yeah. bought a hundred and sixty-five pound Buckworth, which nice. is a Canadian labeled forged. Uh, wrought iron and steel faced anvil I don't know whether it was forged in England or the US and imported or it could have been forged in Canada we just as far as my research can tell there's very few records of of that label being on tools Um, but I it's my favorite anvil uh, proportion wise that I've seen I just like the way that the horn is sculpted the way that the heel is supported um, the general size of it. it has a good width of face and uh, I can just barely get it in and out of my truck with my skinny little arm, so I can haul it around if I need to. So, Yeah, 165 and that's pounds. That's the anvil that's... that I use now, mainly. So,
0: cool. yeah. Wow, that's nice. Good stuff, man. And Mark, dude, your first anvil?
2: So my first thing that I used as an anvil was, I think it was a 10-pound sledgehammer head nailed down to a stump. um and i used that for maybe a month or so and then i i took one of the railroad sleeper plates the plates that go under the track and i thought that was an improvement because the surface area being larger but you know they're only like five eighths or three quarter inch thick um, and really loud when they're not mounted (laughs) down very well um from there, then I think I took a piece of track, railroad track, and that that was a that was an improvement actually, for sure. And then a local farrier, uh, Jay Niesmeyer, he loaned me an extra anvil that he had, and I had that for probably six months before I found it was a hundred pound Trenton, um, in real real good shape, uh, clean edges and flat face, smooth and. Um, and I paid $150 for that. And that oh boy. was a, a pretty good deal. I've not found really <laughs> a comparable deal. Um,
0: yeah, that's a good deal.
2: <laughs> it is. And since then, I mean, that, that has continued to remain my main anvil that I use, um, despite owning and buying many more since then. I mean, on my way back from Quad State in my truck, I think I had six. Different anvils,
0: uh, dude. Of
3: course. <laughs> oh. so, so, are those are those just for flipping, or are you gonna hang on to one of them?
2: Well, it, you know, it begins with that being the idea, until you start to kind of like them a little more. Um, I ha- I brought back a couple for a couple of different friends, and then the remaining ones, I said I was gonna flip, but. They're not doing any harm just sitting there, and I kind of like them. No. (laughs) (laughs) The collection begins. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and I've had the idea. um, I think Jonathan Pinkston actually first had said this of his desire is to have kind of one really mint, nice anvil of each of the the main brands. Um, So like a Hay Budden, a Fisher, Trenton, Peter Wright. And I'm kind of starting to share the same sentiment, of you know, I would like to to do the same thing, maybe.
0: Uh, that's a really cool idea, dude. I like at that least too. It, yeah. it
2: justifies holding <laughs> on to them, doesn't it? So,
0: <laughs> it does. It does. Oh, perfect! Now I have got an excuse for my wife. Why I have so many? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, it's like baseball so cards or yeah. perfect condition if it's been repaired in a very well-repaired manner, is that considered perfect condition, or very close to? So,
2: a couple of the anvils that are within this new collection of mine, are ones that I had repaired, uh, properly repaired, and I consider that to be fine as long as they're not welded back with, I'm not sure the specific rod, but I think it's a nickel rod that doesn't rust, it remains shiny. Um, and, and once the anvil does rust, I think it looks pretty ugly, and that would not be considered a mint anvil to me. But a repair that you can't tell it was repaired, I, I think, is is okay. There you
3: go. That sounds like a cool tip. So if you're fixing your anvils in your, ho- in your home shops so or you're getting someone to fix it, make sure you say that you don't want the, the nickel uh, rods because it'll stand out down the line
2: yeah and i was told i mean it's a harder rod um but i'm pretty familiar with using a mild steel anvil anyways and so having a softer rod that blends in better is just fine by me if you uh
0: have a large interest in anvil repair or even seeking out an anvil and you're in Canada, there's a company called Grindstone. They're out of Toronto area. Um, I believe, is his name Brad Brad Blowsaw? I can't remember how to say his last name. But they repair anvils and they use um, the studi rods to do the repair. I don't know if that's the rod that you're thinking of Mark, but um, that is pretty much like the more well-known repair method is to, I think it's called the Rob Gunther method is what it's considered. And uh, there's a whole process to so that. The, the main thing is repairing a rod iron anvil with a tool steel face is the one that's really tricky because if you've got a cast steel anvil, then just go to it. It's not a big deal. You preheat it, weld it up away you go. I don't know,
1: Ethan, do you know anything about anvil repair at all? Well, just to the extent that you pointed out preheating and uh, making sure that the surface is prepped and welding with the appropriate rods, uh, I did have a fellow young fellow, another fellow named Ethan mm-hmm. from, uh, from Medicine Hat, working for me for a little bit in the summer, and he's repaired a good number of anvils, and I had him repair... Um, Two or three of mine while he was working for me too, and he kind of did that. That nice. same thing. I had him actually just weld his final passes with um, 7018 because it was uh, even though it can be deformed, it's so easy to fix. Yeah, that, you know I just value that, and of course as Mark pointed out, uh, even though aesthetics aren't the most necessary thing for a useful anvil, it, I, I think it's important. So 7018 will put on a good rust coat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Justin, you fixed one of your anvils before, haven't you? You used 7018, Mm. right?
3: I don't even know what I used, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I grabbed some chunks of 5160, kind of shaped them to the, I guess the holes or the voids that were like busted off the face, put them in there and welded them in. Does it work? Well, no, no, it doesn't. It's a dead spot on my anvil. I'd I'd love to like redo the entire face of it. It's it's um the more I'm using my uh my other anvil, I'm noticing how bad this one is. So Hmm. yeah. That's too bad, man. Yeah. Oh well. There you go. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do what (laughs) you did. Hey, I I didn't know. And like the whole horn was like Not hanging off, but you can see the whole fracture behind the horn. And uh, I had to, well, I messaged you, how do I, what should I do? And you said, grind down into that, into the crack. Yep, I said it and uh, then fill it up with weld. So that's what I did. But the face, face, I had no idea what to do. So did you, did you make sure you got good penetration in there? You know, my penetration was outstanding. Nice. That's what she said. Hey. Well, I asked, she didn't answer. I'm just guessing. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, well, what can you do? Hey. Yeah. So you guys were together at Can Iron and from what I understand, it was quite the event up there in uh, Ness Creek. That was 2019, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So Justin and I were both supposed to head up there as well. Um, but you know i no excuse the the hoser the hoser came out of me and i i bailed um multiple reasons we won't get into it justin pretty much the same thing right yes right right okay so but you guys were there and you guys teamed up you guys made a two-person sledgehammer while you were up there if i'm not mistaken is that right we did and you pretty much had like everybody there working on that thing didn't you
1: yeah we had uh we did it in the evening i think it was the evening of the second day and it was mark and i and dustin smalls and then there was another fellow and i don't remember his name off the top of my head uh, but he was there and john little was watching over us as a, as a
0: was it was it carter I couldn't tell you. I, I know I know okay. So I, I have to say, um my man Carter from Saskatchewan, he's from Regina area. He wants to say hello. I guarantee it. He didn't tell me it, but I know he wants to say hi to you guys. He <laughs> he's he he met you guys up at Caniron and he was uh he was an awe for sure. He's a young guy as well. He's a knife maker, so uh, there you go, Carter. <laughs> nice well howdy Carter. <laughs> Hi, Carter.
1: So yeah. we'll salute to you in the camera that you can't see.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, we, you know what? We've got to do a live episode in the near future. I've had a bunch of people bugging me about it, dude. Oh, they really? want to, yeah, they want to see us. Nice. They want to see us again. So it'll it'll happen again in the future. But anyways, can iron back to can iron working at night.
3: Sure.
1: Do you want a little origin story as to how that all came about? I, can kind yeah, of I, yeah. I totally want
3: to know totally. how you guys thought of making
1: this uh, sledge. What happened? Yeah. So the, as far as can iron, I think that my in was Dustin Smalls. So basically uh, one, the uh, let's see a year prior in February, or maybe it was that same year. I bet it was the same year in February. I was teaching a hammer making class and I had been making lots of, power hammer hammers. And I needed to get some, some warmed up in the groove, forging them by hand before I was to teach all these people. And so
4: right. I put the
1: offer out. I had never heard of Dustin Smalls. He sent me an email. He said he was a power lifter. And I thought this dude seems qualified. <laughs> so I, he came out and we spent a few days together and I enjoyed visiting with him. He was a great person to work with, struck well, as you can imagine. And, uh, I don't have to imagine. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, prior to Can Iron, a few months, uh, he reached out to me and asked if I would come and uh, demonstrate. And I gladly accepted. It was such a privilege to be asked. And he said that I could bring someone along if I wanted. And so uh, Mark was my right-hand man. And so I called him and and uh, asked if he would come across the border and you know duck from the attack helicopter just as I explained earlier <laughs> he denied and so he came up on a plane instead
0: uh that's the Smart easy way easy route that's right but
1: yeah we yeah. we drove to Caniron and and were just super well received and uh, we had a blast and we were um i really i think the most influential part of it for us was getting to meet John Little and listen to his stories and listen to his presentation that he gave on the first night. Um, It was about design and his uh, career in kind of the artistry side of things, which Mark and I, Mark is, is into that a little bit, but I uh, wasn't, isn't, aren't as much, but we were both kind of, um, both found that really interesting. And then as far as the double handled sledgehammer, that was an idea that, I had had, um, to kind of, kind of bring some publicity, so to speak, maybe to the event or, uh, and to us, cause I haven't seen one made other than the one that we made in North America. Uh, and in- was
3: this your idea, your conception, or is it something you saw in like history books?
1: Oh, yes. So yeah, so double handled sledges are a historical tool. And they were typically used in chain making shops, where they needed to get a heavy blow, and they couldn't get a steam hammer in there to to do the work. So they had to do it with a heavy hammer. Um, I have a few photos of double handled sledges, historical photos. I have one set of photos of a uh, uh, of one that's in the museum. And I have one historical photo of a triple-handled sledgehammer.
4: Whoa.
1: So that was a thing, too. And we haven't made that yet. I think that if we ever get invited to Can Iron again, that will be the task at hand.
3: <laughs> nice. But
1: that, that's kind of the story behind it. And, yeah, we made it. Um... Better be there, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better come. You bet. So, oh, I think we God. probably worked till midnight or so. And we had the, the bleachers filled um and so it was kind of exhilarating and the music pumping and nice and, uh, it was wonderful so how, how did mark
3: get involved with this like mark's from texas ethan's in like alberta where's the where's the connection why didn't you invite
1: mark or how did you know him do you remember the story as to how we got acquainted mark if so you tell it okay
2: you're talking about with Brazil and everything yeah well the like,
1: phone originally it was a phone call and then Brazil and you can tell about it. yeah
2: did well did the phone call predate Brazil it did it oh did. it did okay <laughs> well maybe you would be better off
1: well, that's okay it was the first time that we had ever got acquainted I sent Mark a Facebook message out of the blue I had seen him picture of him demonstrated Steve hollow and uh, sent him a met he looked young and he looked like he was doing a good job and i cool. thought wow i want to know this person so i sent him a facebook message and said probably very bluntly hey you <laughs> you look like you're doing a really good job i want to get to know you can i phone you <laughs> and he sent me his phone number and i and i phoned mark and we had a little conversation one day and so that's how we became acquainted
3: and then, nice. uh, Mark will pick it up. So um, was Can Iron the first time you guys actually met?
1: Well,
2: in so then, then what followed that phone call, um, Brian Brazil had previously in the past, I think he did a couple of years, 2012 and 2013, maybe, or somewhere around that time though, he put together a group called the International Young Smiths, um, of which it consisted of of Alec, um, Daniel Rife, Daniel Leah, um, Dave, Custer. Dave
4: Custer.
2: Yeah, I can't think of. I'm sure there was others. I I, I know there was others. I can't think of them now though. Uh, Kanan Canaan Bomber. Uh, but anyways, and so he was at this time. I think it was in 2018, maybe. I think that's right. Yes. 2018, um, at the time, Brian was in Brazil, the country of Brazil, and, <laughs> and um, he was working on organizing a training center, basically teaching the curriculum that he's been teaching for years now, and he was hoping to get together another group of international young smiths, um, and so he did, or, or at least he, he began that um, in the group had consisted of myself, um, Ethan, Andrew Larson, Jonathan Pinkston, and then
1: a bunch of others. We'll a just bunch of that. others
2: <laughs> um, yeah. from from other countries. Because that's the whole idea, International Young Smith. And his hope was for us to then be able to meet up all together in Brazil and give him a hand. In one, he, w- he would teach us so that then we could teach others. And that ended it, up not... What, what's that?
1: It is the ultimate blacksmith technique pyramid scheme. Right. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it's kind of what it sounds like to me. It's like, well, this sounds brilliant. But yeah. anyways, continue. Sorry.
2: <laughs> so it, it never truly came to fruition in the way of, of us actually meeting together. and But we had actually, during this time, myself, Ethan jonathan and andrew had kind of made ourselves a separate chat um so that we could talk amongst ourselves without bothering you know the hierarchy of of the elders of brian and everyone else and uh so we had we'd gotten to grow fond of each other and, and wanted to meet each other i think ethan and andrew had already worked together once yeah um Andrew had come up, I guess, and gave Ethan a hand for a time. Anyways, so this didn't end up happening. The trip to Brazil did not happen, um, but we still wanted to meet. And Ethan had the contact, I guess, for Alan Lake, um, the owner of Moccasin Mountain Hammers in Montana, which is said to be the largest functional collection of mechanical power hammers in North America, but probably elsewhere as well. Oh, crazy um, and I've never heard of that that's yeah cool. it's a it's a really really cool shop um line shafts too running other uh machinist oh, equipment of, no. of shapers yeah shapers and lathes oh, and, oh, and all so different cool. things um so we met up there i guess it was it was in the march of 2019 and that was the first time i had met Ethan, Jonathan, or Andrew. Um, so that was kind of an interesting conversation to have with my parents of you know convincing them to let me go to this man's shop for a week to spend I'm with older, teenagers you know? I'd never met. I think I was sixteen, maybe. Okay. Um, and so obviously, though that that happened, and we met, and and the rest is history, I guess.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we had. I think it was that following summer to the first Chain Gang trip, 2019, that I invited Mark out. And so it was the second time that we had worked together in person. Oh, crazy. Oh. Yeah. So
0: on YouTube, if you look up Ethan Hardy and Mark Ling, a video comes up of the Chain Gang. Was that the first meeting of the Chain Gang
1: that you guys have? Documented there somewhat. What's the? I'm just searching it up now. But what's the title of the video specifically?
0: Uh, I believe it's actually called Chain Gang. Um, oh, dude,
1: sorry. That's, that's okay. So, yeah, the first one that comes up is Chain Gang Trip of 2020. So that documents the second Chain Gang trip. Yeah, the one. Yes. Okay. There is some footage of the first one, and it's grand. But the uh, the, se- the second one has a little bit more documentation with lots of funny moments. So,
0: so there. what was the second trip? What did you guys do there?
1: Same thing. It would after same the place? first one. Yeah, same place. We enjoyed it so much that we wanted to make it an annual affair. Oh, the dude, next for Sure. And then uh, the border was shut down at that time last year. Tabernacle. Oh. Yeah, so we weren't able to do that, but kind of how it worked and how it may, may hopefully work in the future would be that I drove down to Montana to the Great Falls Airport, picked up the three southern hoodlums, and we would drive ourselves out to the middle of nowhere, um, nestled in the hills, and go stay in a log cabin and, and work ourselves almost to death. That sounds cool. Yeah. And it's, right. wonder, and it's wonderful. We were. So we were just what kind of
3: projects happened. were you guys doing when you guys were working together?
2: Well, the first time, I guess the first and the second time are pretty similar in that regard. Um, mainly tools, um, working with strikers though to make the tools, at least for myself now, but also for Ethan and Andrew then. Uh, they were mainly making tools with power hammers. Um, and so the chance mm-hmm. to get to work with a striker and one that understands, um, at least mm-hmm. in a small way, you know, how to strike and, and what the end goal is, um, is a really a wonderful thing to have that opportunity. So we did a lot of that. Um, the second trip though, we forged, I'm not sure how many sledgehammers, but I think it was, uh, six or seven or, or so sledgehammers um, yeah. ranging from maybe 11 to 14 pounds um, each and yeah. something real cool with that that was an achievement we we're real proud of was um, so the way we were doing it you know we forged the billets of course with a power hammer i think the 250 little giant there was what we we're using mainly and then the punching and the drifting we all did with strikers and so you know there's, there's the one director with the tongs and the punch, and then we had two strikers standing on a platform, it was maybe 14 or 18 inches tall, like pallets stacked up just to get a little better swing. Yeah, and with that, those picks. yeah, and with that setup, we were able to punch you know a 13 pound sledge in one heat with strikers. Wow, um, and so and, and that awesome. does sound impressive, but it's also just a fact of reality that it's proportional. Um, You know, with that size of stock, it stays hot for so long that that is something doable.
1: Um, And there is a full length video of that on my Instagram. If you scroll back to that time period of March of 2020, there should be a full video of that. If anyone's interested. What are your
3: your Instagram
0: handles? So that uh, (laughs) (laughs) check it out. Um, Ethan's kind of like, oh crap! Because what happened with your Instagram, bud? And
1: that's okay. yeah. So my, um, my Instagram is at Ethan Hardy. Uh, simple as that. Um, and when I I originally started an, a business Instagram account a number of years ago, I don't remember how old I was, and and, uh, and I had that original account that I had built up my following with and kind of sustained my business with until December of last year, December of 2020. And I was at, I was on a trip to Tennessee, which doesn't really have anything to do with the next bit. It just so happened to coincide. My account got hacked and, and they, they were a good hacker. They changed all of the recovery methods, everything. And it was, it was gone. It was gone. So I had to start over the one. So I, good thing Mark reminded Um, me. so I didn't sound like a, like an ignorant person. So I guess none of that footage, none of that, uh, none of those memories are still up there. So I might have to repost that if I haven't already, but anyways, Shoot. at underscore Ethan Hardy is the underscore name. Ethan Hardy. How oh, about well. you,
0: Mark?
2: Yeah, Mark. Mine is then at Mark underscore Ling, L I N G underscore blacksmith. Underscore, Clean, underscore. Simple. Yeah. Lyndon, what are you under?
0: You can find me as abstract blacksmith. I believe. Is there an underscore in there? I don't know if there's underscore in there. I can't remember. Terrible. (laughs) As if I don't even know my own Instagram. Hey, Uh, it's abstract. It's abstract underscore blacksmith. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Oh, Ethan, what's up?
1: That's okay. No, Justin, go ahead with his Instagram. Yeah. Where do we
3: find you, buddy? Rainy Day Forge, no underscores, just at Rainy Day Forge. Um, Hey, while we're at it, Lyndon, who else uh, should people be checking out online? Some Uh, special person, this lady that we know quite well.
0: Oh, is that who you wanted me to talk about? Yeah. I thought you wanted me to talk about um, my uh, OnlyFans site, sorry. Um, Oh. Very popular? my only fans yeah not as popular as the website that we get so much love from and the person that hosts that website that goes by the name of cindy Bennett, and the website that goes by the uh url address of pritchellandhardy.com or is it .ca? com? yeah that's what i thought i thought it was .com my bad man so um if you don't know who cindy is do you do you know who cindy is ethan you gotta know who cindy is right
1: I've I've heard you guys talk about that on the podcast before.
0: She hooked us up, has hooked us up so much in the past. She continues to hook us up and she's hooking up all the listeners of Forge Side Chat, 10% off of merchandise through her website. She's got grinding belts or sanding belts, 2x72 belts. You get your surface conditioning. You get your Actorox. Is that how you say it? Actorox? Arctorox, Illumeron. Alumeron. Yep. You get. And then your aluminum oxides, of course. VSM is her main distributor, right? Or she distributes for that VSM. Yeah. Quenchant. You need Quenchant. Yeah. What do they have
3: there? They have AAA. AAA. AAA
0: And 50. Parks 50. Parks 50. Nice. Yeah. And she also carries. 1095 powdered Steel, right? Yeah, you betcha. 1095, dude. So you
3: put FSC10 in the coupon code on the top left of the website, and you'll save 10% off on that stuff. But that's not all she carries, right? You don't need to just buy that stuff from her. You can go there. You can get the Black Dragon Forge brooch. Um, I don't know what else she has, though. (laughs) I know (laughs) she has uh, some nice uh, handle blocks as well. For making uh, your hidden tang or segment them to make your scales, and uh, yeah, she's building on that website, and uh, she is a supporter of us, and we support her as well. Heck yeah, man! Thanks, Cindy. You betcha, That's Lyndon. Fun. What is our next segment? Oh,
1: cracking open a beer. Uh, yeah, hoser. What? <laughs> Could I add one little thing before we move on? Do so it. There's, there's an important detail. I just realized we're so comfortable talking about the chain gang, but I need to say something about the name. Like what, okay. What there? So what, how this happened was on the first chain gang trip, uh, because we had the privilege of spending all this time with these great big power hammers. We thought, Oh, we should take an industrial forging picture. Like those old black and white pictures that we marvel at with big, steam hammers and big uh, tongs and chain and steel and fire and no one ever has safety glasses and their faces are black and the, their clothes are poor and it's just chaos. We like we got to do that. And so uh, I think the last evening that we were there um, just so happened that the, the owner of the shop, Alan Lake, had purchased huge tongs from a Pennsylvania uh locom- steam locomotive making shop and they're huge they're like nine feet long they weigh 300 pounds they're massive and so we took one of these tongs and held a big it was actually a piece of uh, um, channel not channel iron but uh, tubing big piece of tubing that fit in the tongs it was like 10 inches wide or something so it looked like steel and we got a big a-frame crane and hooked it up and we put all the chains that we could hanging down around this thing and this thing and we, we just thought that that looked so industrial and uh and they and the boys rubbed uh coal all over their faces and everything and we started up the 400 pound beaudry hammer and and uh put the put the channel or the tubing in the forge and took a video and a series of pictures of us beating on this uh, tubing and squishing it and we put oil on the die so that fire would spray everywhere and all of this. And so somehow from those pictures, that was how chain gang came out because it was, we had a whole bunch of chains and it was very industrial and I guess we're a gang. And of course, chain gang is, is some like a uh, fugitive group. And so I guess the <laughs> are picture without safety glasses and black Uh, coal dust faces and fire spraying everywhere was was kind of fugitive like so that's where that's where chain gang came from
3: nice and were there any adults like supervising you guys during this or they just let you like have fun with the shop boys
1: will stelter was there he's like a year (laughs) (laughs) old
3: Who's
0: in charge here? <laughs> Will Stelter. He is. <laughs> Jesus. that's hilarious! Awesome.
2: Yeah. No. Well,
0: hey, that's that's cool. You got to got to work with Will Stelter too. I forgot that you have uh, got a close connection with him and Alex Steele. Right? You actually you studied with Alex Steele. Is that not correct?
1: Yeah. Um, that was, I would say, the, the biggest and most important blacksmithing uh lessons that I had and that was when I was 13 after selling my 4-H calf I convinced my mom to fly with me to England and I went and took a course from him it was six days six day course tools to make tools which was the course that Brian Brazil taught Alec when he was 13 and he flew across the ocean so that was kind of a cool little coincidence that um that I can now look back on that was kind of mirrored there. Well, and, and
0: speak of coincidence, hop over to Mark. Mark, who did you learn how to blacksmith from?
2: So the, the one and the only, I'd say formal class, because um, there's many others that I've, I've learned from um, directly and indirectly, but the formal class that I took was from Matt Marty. And that was just a one day hammer and hot cut class. Um, which is pretty standard for most of the the people within the Brazil club to offer. Um, and so Matt is one of Brian's students. And so you could say I learned from Matt, but I also indirectly learned from Brian um, and what Brian had taught Matt. Um, so
0: in in a really weird way, this meeting that you were supposed to have in Brazil kind of had a connection already with Brian that yeah. you guys had already had pre predetermined to that. And had you met him, you would have simply been actually learning from the man himself. Have you actually gotten to work with Brian, either, either of you?
2: Yes. So I've, let me think about this. The first time I, well, no, let me think. The very first time I'd actually met Brian in person was at Steep Hollow Forge, um, they have an or they used to have an annual conference, and at that at that event I met him, um, and he seems to actually remember it, which is surprising because it wasn't much of an interaction, um, but it, it was cool to meet him because prior to all of that, you know, I'd been following him, or you could almost say to the extent of stalking him online, of you know, <laughs> watching every possible video out there, and you know drooling over all the pictures of his tools and and forging and so to meet him was a big deal but then i went to louisiana or actually russell um russell feller and myself went to louisiana's past summer to john perilous shop and brian was there and so we we worked yeah yeah, so we worked a little bit with him um and doing some things for him i guess you'd say too and then that's
0: somebody I've been talking to a bunch lately, actually, is John Perilou. Oh, hey, really? What a gent. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we, oddly enough, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, yeah. that's
2: really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's funny. I mean, while we're in Louisiana, we, we stayed in uh, this building next to the shop that's kind of more of like a gallery room. But, you know, Russell and I just put down, I think I was on air mattress and. Russell's on a little mat, and then you got Brian in the corner on his cot. Um, and it, it was just kind of a fun experience, certainly uh, staying up much past my usual bedtime hours, talking with Brian of everything under the sun, you know, just outside of forging too. Um, nice. And and so then, but most recently at Quad State, um, I was set up actually next to Brian, and oh, cool. it was really cool to see. And this is something that. that is really cool um, of how like looking back on the can iron experience. And before that, one of the reasons that Ethan and I and the whole chain gang as a whole are able to work so well together with only having met a few times is because we follow um, the way that Brian forges. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we're all learning the same techniques. And so when we do come together, it's like we've worked together for much longer than we have. Um,
4: yeah.
2: And so that that's a really cool aspect of it all um, to be able oh, to it's totally, yeah, totally
0: kind of what I was getting at with the whole you guys kind of learn essentially f- from the same person through different people or all kind of that was supposed to come together, didn't come together, but then it did come together. It's kind of a crazy, crazy story, man, really. Like, it really honestly is super cool, you guys' this entire story with how things have gone for you all. You know what, man? We're at a point now right. that um, we do this thing. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, I, I don't want to... I, I,
3: it's, it's Use your bit... sexy voice.
0: It's a little bit embarrassing. She's she's here, man. She's here. Okay, get her. Okay, okay, you can do it, honey. Come here. Hey, boys. I want you to. <clears throat> I want you to tell me about your tool. Uh, tools. Tell me about your tools.
3: <laughs> That's right, guys. So at this part of the show, we want to hear about the biggest tool in your shop, or. If you've got a relatable story about a favorite tool or a big tool that you've used in the past, um, we'd like to hear about it.
1: Go ahead, Mark, first, if you'd like. Oh, me
2: first. Okay. I was going to have you go, but I will go. Um, So if we're going by the biggest tool in the shop, um, that just very recently, as of this last Sunday, changed where I had given to me, actually, uh, a camelback drill that overall is about nine foot tall. Um, wow. I'm not I sure what it the weighs. I video about
0: that today.
2: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's, huge. Yeah,
0: it's huge.
2: Those guys are
0: interesting characters, man. Yes. Hey, if uh, if, uh, if they catch us, I'm deaf and you can't talk, right? No, you're deaf and I can't
2: talk. What? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh sorry. Anyway, so I'm not sure what it weighs, but it it weighs a fair amount. And it's not yet set up um because I have just recently gotten it. But that'll be the next next big thing to be in the shop. Um and that you know runs off a big flat belt and pulleys and it's cool. So it's describe
0: all, all, this. It's all what gear is
2: driven?
0: What is a
3: right. nine foot camel drill press? Drill yes. Yes. So what
2: it's is it? let me think about it. I mean it so it, it's all gear driven. Um, and there's three different step pulleys uh, with a flat belt that then you can adjust the speed, of course, of of what it, it drills at. And then I'm sure originally they were run off of a line shaft, mm-hmm. but this one has this one has a, a, a three V belt pulley that'll just run off a one horse electric. I think it's a one horse, one and a half horse maybe electric yeah. motor, um, and it, it's you know it's all gear driven, so that that's pretty cool. And the capacity of its its drilling capacity, I'm not sure what it is, but it's probably pretty impressive. I'll mostly likely be using it for drilling striking anvils, um, before drifting them, the hardies. Wow. Um, so that's, you know, two inch thick plate and I'm sure it'll do much thicker than that.
0: Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a beautiful drill press. You got yourself there, bud. Well done. Yeah.
2: It, it's really, I, I think oh. it fits the shop well. And that's what Steve was saying, you know, so fits how did the you, shop well.
0: how do you, how do you unload something like that, dude? How do you unload something like that?
2: So that's a good way you put that because there's the ideal way and then there's the way that happened. Um, So the driveway of our house, it's it's narrow enough that it makes trailers. And Ethan's laughing because he knows this (laughs) firsthandly. And maybe that's another story too. But the driveway is narrow enough that trailers are are hard to get through without, you know, you got to take a come along to, to winch it over. And it's, Oh my god It's it's an entire ordeal. Oh
0: Oh my, I know, I know what you're talking about for sure. You
2: know, narrow, narrow path and tight bends. The combination is just detrimental. So, so we did not take um, the trailer down the driveway, but, he brought a tractor with him um, that he unloaded it with and then brought it up to my shop. Um, the tractor and all is much too big for the opening of my shop. Um, I do have you know two large double doors, but you know the tool itself is about nine foot tall, and then with that lifted up off the ground, that's just too tall. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of put it up. We did get it under inside the door, and luckily from there, all it had to do was move, slide in pretty much about four feet and just with some, I think we just used, it was just one piece of one inch round bar put under it as a roller, um, just kind of pushed it brute force, pushed it in there, um, which was kind of scary, uh, because it, it's a pretty top heavy machine and it was very tippy, um, and, but it, what did all... the old man
0: say to you that that you bought it from, too? What did he did... tell you? What did he tell you? He's like, I, I'm worried that this thing's gonna tip on you, boy. You oh, be yeah. careful. Wait.
2: Okay, is is that most recent video out? I guess. Yeah, man. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, okay. it's out. Well, I didn't, I didn't see that. I'm sorry. That makes <laughs> oh, sense. Now. Yeah. Yes, he he was very very cautious about it because it, it is it is pretty unstable at the moment, but. I can
0: imagine nine Man. foot tall drill press and where would the most weight on a drill? Where is the most weight on a drill press?
2: Yeah. In at the, the
0: top. In, yeah. in the chuck assembly and everything, right? The motor and well, yeah. actually on yours, the motor is down on the ground, isn't it?
2: Right. But you have all the, the pulleys and everything up top too, that make up for that. I would say
3: for sure. Cool. Nice. So you guys are talking about this video where,
0: where would we see this video? You know what, man? Um, So as a typical hoser, I went to go do some homework on our two guests. Ethan, I've known Ethan for, well, I don't know Ethan. I've never met Ethan, but I've been following you. I've been stalking you, Ethan. No, (laughs) I don't want to sound like a creep, but I tried there. Um, Yeah, no, Ethan, I've been kind of following you for years now, dude. Like, Can't remember when I first found out about you, man. But when
3: he told me, Oh my god, I booked Ethan and Mark, and he was like giddy like a schoolgirl. So yeah, he's he's been
0: stalking you. I've I've been excited for the last week, dude. Just like every day, like I'm talking to Justin, like, dude,
4: it's not gonna happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But to respect the other like past guests,
3: you you've been kind of like that with everyone. But a little bit more I, with
0: Ethan and Mark, though. dude. Man, I am so pumped <laughs> to be doing what we are doing with this. This this podcast is yeah, seriously insane. awesome, man. I, like, I I don't know if other people that are listening feel the same way. I've had I have had multiple people reach out to me and tell me that we're doing an awesome job and they love listening to it. Awesome. Um, speaking of which, I have one heck of a shout out to give. We're not ready for that yet, but I will give it soon. But um, we were we were on on something, and I took us off track here. No,
3: I'm going to stay off track for a second. Okay, okay. We're talking about the video and where it came
0: from, and right YouTube. We 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 YouTube. I was doing my homework, and I (laughs) looked into um, Mark because I don't know much about Mark. I have followed Mark for a long time as well, but I don't know. Mark at all. I don't know what Mark does. I don't know what his shop is like or anything. I know I know what Ethan's shop looks like. I don't know what Mark's shop, shop looks like. I know what Ethan drives. I don't know what Mark drives. Ethan, don't ask me how I know what you drive. Yeah. <laughs> I know your license plate number, buddy. No, I, don't. I, I, yeah. See, I tried, I tried to tell you I was going to creep you out, man. Uh, no, I actually I have no idea what you drive. I think you drive location. A white, is, it, is it a white and truck? Time
3: of birth and weight
0: when you're born. Oh no, you know what it is? It's, uh, it was through Sean Cunningham, dude. Ah, uh, I, I found out about you, if I'm not mistaken, through Sean. Sean Cunningham was one of the first blacksmiths I ever started following before I even got into blacksmithing. I was, I've been a welder for a long time now, and I've always been into art. I When I first got into welding, I wanted to do art, and I got told it was a, a waste of time or whatever, and then down the road, I ended up finding Sean Cunningham, found you, and became enthralled in the whole blacksmithing process and whatnot and everything. Anyways, I'm researching Mark Ling. I, throw, I decide, well, you know what? Let's throw in YouTube and see if anything pops up on YouTube what popped up this video of two old men in a shop that are apparently going to be meeting up with Mark Lang. Well, the first 15 minutes of this video is these two old guys. I I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. These guys were awesome. They're, they're hilarious. The, some jokes in there were good. And then he, and then Mark shows up and he's buying this drill press and it's this massive drill press. And yeah, so Back to what we were talking about with Mark and his drill press. And I don't know where we are at, man. I'm rambling. I'm sorry. How how many beers have I had tonight? I
3: I don't know, but I think you went left and then right and up and down. It's what I do, man. It's what I do.
0: Ask her. She likes it.
3: I'm going to, oh boy. I'm going to intervene because you mentioned something about um, people reaching out to you. And a few people have reached out to myself as well, just uh, saying saying nice things. Um, If you are out there and you're listening to this, the best way that you can show your appreciation is to get onto an app where you can put a
0: review online for... uh, The iTunes app is the best one for it. Yeah, Yeah. apparently Spotify works decent too. Okay, but nice. iTunes seems to be the main character in the game. just way to put a review. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you can do that, that would be
3: just awesome because that helps us uh, and puts us up in the standings for the podcasts in Canada. This week, we were number 28. Uh, 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 uh. Wait, 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 wait. Number okay. 28 podcast in the category of hobbies across Canada. But... Uh, which one were uh, we which uh.
0: one were we number one in?
3: Well, why don't you just say it?
0: We were number one Canadian comedy blacksmithing show. That's right. Find it on iTunes.
1: Wow.
3: <laughs> That's pretty specific. But we're <laughs> number one. We're number one.
0: Try to beat it. Uh-huh. Good luck. I mean I was gonna go with just like number one comedy blacksmithing show. Knife talk might take the bullet on that one. I don't know. But at the same time, they're not blacksmithing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I threw Canada in there. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. No one else in Canada is doing this. And I don't think they are. But if they're good on them, man, I want to hear it. I don't think so, man. We're uh, our buddy Token Tobin out in New Brunswick. He's on the grind and hustle. Shout out, grind and and hustle. Hustle and grind. Hustle and grind. Sorry. Yeah, man. Well, you know what? That's that's one of my shout outs, right? Is it? Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to
3: shout out J.K. Blades and Pickle Cutters. That's they, Uh They were talking about us on the uh, the Hustle and Grind podcast, so my shout out is going right back to them. They were talking about uh, Grayson's episode and
0: yeah. um,
3: uh, Jeremy's episode as well. So hopefully they'll be back and checking out uh, this episode. Um, but my other shout out was to Beacon Knives. He's uh, the co-host with Brian Housework. On the uh, how, how, work for it podcast, yeah, that's what I wanted to yeah. say. The house made, but that's yeah. uh, one of Brian's hashtag prayers. work for it. Yeah, I uh, when the great Facebook and Instagram uh, sh- shut down, a crash of twenty twenty one. Yeah, I was on TikTok and I saw that the cone that's Brian. He was on uh, on a live in there, and he, I tagged myself in, and we chatted for a little while and uh just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate it. And uh check out his podcast. He's uh yeah, he's he's streaming as well often under b.cone knives on Instagram.
0: I'm writing down a note because we're going to talk about this later in, in the like after thing or whatever or when we're not talking yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But um just write it down. You don't have to tell us. Just- yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I forgot what it was now. Shit. Oh boy. <laughs> so Come we on. were on the tool yeah. talk. No, we yes. We were yeah. Back to the tool talk because yeah. I was gonna jump onto the shoutouts considering you're doing your shoutout, but well, Ethan hasn't given us his big tool yet. Yeah, do your shout-out, please. Ethan, I want your big tool. I mean, tell me about your big tool. <laughs> I did that on purpose.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, first, first of all, I just want to like rein, uh, reinforce the awesomeness of Mark's new tool. And if you, and if anyone out there doesn't know what a Camelback drill press is, just go ahead and Google that. It's it's probably one of the better looking aesthetic machine tools of the of the old timey era. I I think they're fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'd love I, to do one someday.
0: I so, know one person with one, the coolest things ever.
1: Yeah, they're they're just wonderful. So uh, I won't spend too much time on my biggest shop tool because I'll tell a little bit more of the story about it when, when it's story time, the special story time that you were informing us of earlier. But this it is, is it. This oh, is special oh, story
0: time. Oh, the bad. What is
1: it called? Oh,
0: know, take off. oh, take off, eh
1: yeah yeah do should i blend that in yeah let's blend you know them. what let's do Whoa. it oh sure okay Crazy. So My <laughs> yeah. um i was looking for a bigger steam hammer because i uh, to be honest i i had the money where i thought that i could buy one and i convinced myself to do it because I wanted to get into industrial forging. And for some reason, I figured that a steam hammer would be a, a practical way to do that. So <laughs> uh, I, I contacted Andrew Alexander of Blacksmithing Tools in Texas. There's
0: a reason uh, that you would think steam hammer, though. We'll get to there, that later.
1: Yeah, sure. Sorry. Sure. Um, and so contacted him and he very graciously uh, sent me a few recommendations. He didn't have any himself, but he knew of a few people that that had them. And one of them was a Niles Bement pond, 600 pound steam hammer. Uh, oh in, I think, I think it was in Southern Texas and, uh, owned by a dude who hadn't actually ever used it. He was just a, a movie, uh, like a movie filmer or special effects guy or something like that. And he liked blacksmithing. And so he had a steam hammer for a little while and he wanted this, or he was kind of interested in selling it. And I, uh, Kind of fell in love with it. I just thought it was super cool, and and uh, just fantasizing about forging big industrial things um, like anchors and steam engine parts and things like that would just intrigued me. Taking another chain game picture with a steam hammer would be awesome. That is a bad reason to buy a steam hammer, but I, I, did, have, <laughs> I did have a business plan did a when I did it. It just so happened if you're going to buy a big hammer. Um, you know, you have the option of a big mechanical or a big, uh, self-contained pneumatic or a steam hammer, and there's not many steam hammers. So that's, I went with that anyways. Um, so when I had it shipped up to me, I had it shipped, uh, just to, let's see, to Grass, Montana, which is a border town. And then I was going to go pick it up. I aligned it so that on the second chain gang trip, When I drove down to Montana, I'd be able to pick it up with a trailer on my way back up and bring it across myself so I didn't have to deal with any of the paperwork and the shipping was a little cheaper. Um, Just another bonus organization in there was actually had my mom and dad drive down with uh, a bigger truck and a, a bigger trailer to handle it and they took along uh, my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, Emily, and that was just wonderful. They got a chance to talk lots and get to know one another and got uh, probably a good, good approval at that time to pursue marrying that girl who I loved dearly. And this is going somewhere negative, sadly. I'm building this all up to a wonderful thing, but it gets bad. And that is pretty much that um, the sinful desire in me was to save on the tax money and so I had uh Tom the fellow who sold it to me he made me up a, a false bill of sale for four thousand dollars and you know made it out to me and that's what everyone knew that the hammer cost and everyone was in on it and all that kind of good stuff and so we pulled through the border I was in the truck ahead I said I'm claiming this machine behind me. Here's the bill of sale. So went in there and did all the paperwork and, and, uh, and was ready to leave. And it all went well. And I was just so tickled. You can imagine, I was just so tickled. And as I was walking out the door, no exaggeration, the border patrol officer who we were working with called me back in and said, Oh, I, uh, I I just need to clarify something. Do you have an online banking app? And I didn't think about ah. that. Before. I'm like, well, yeah, I have an online banking app. And they said, can we see it?
4: Hmm. And
1: I didn't know. That was kind of strange, but, um. Anyways, so they they took my phone and they scrolled through the online banking app and they found a transaction to a fellow in Texas that was much higher than that. Oh. And, and. And so they immediately seized both vehicles and the steam hammer. They told me that they would let me, my reasonably new girlfriend at the time, and my mom and dad go. Just keep that in mind. This my Yeah. And but they were keeping everything. And they would that in order to get it out of there I had to pay a five thousand dollar fee. And then I would have a criminal record at the border crossing and so that was that was that was what happened and uh i didn't have any way to pay for that and so my uh my parent or anyway like my debit card wouldn't do that (laughs) you know no (laughs) so so, um but uh but it was truly a blessing that my parents had a, a ranch um credit card that we could use to do that and so they let me use that, and we were able to get everything released. Holy um, crap, dude. And so, so everyone, no one, luckily, oh, no one was, was in the in the party that I was with was mad at me or disappointed in me. They should have, you know, rebuked me a little bit more than they did, but it was it was just kind of a sucky night. And uh, yeah. But in any yeah. case, that was that was a bad thing that happened there. But the funny thing is, um, I and do have some residual tension about that event because it turns out that, uh, and I didn't. Pr- they gave me an opportunity to like pursue some legal action about it and like see if I could get my money back because right. we figured out after that if they would have asked that question prior to me paying the tax amount on the four thousand and getting out of there then it wouldn't have been a big issue. They would have simply adjusted the amount, but right. because I had already completed it, that this, there was some things that were set up so that they could get me. Mm, yeah. And it turns out that there, there is no criminal record and I've crossed the border multiple times and I've never been pulled aside. I've never been told that there's been anything on the record. Damn, so there was, there was some funny business that went along there and, uh, it was just very interesting and it also made the hammer cost a lot more money than, oh, yeah. so that was, um, I mean, that's just a, that's just a consequence of selfish desires to be on it. And both on the part of me and possibly the part of that border officer. I, not but kidding. Eh? Not Take of, off. It, eh? not, I mean,
0: oh, that, what a freaking guy.
1: That, that's the worst story that I have about tools.
0: Well, you know, at least you uh, you're in the clear, dude.
1: Yeah, and I should, and I just want to be open. The reason I'm telling the money amounts is to warn other people viscerally about this. No, that's a. So I, that's
0: know. very humble of you to be open about that, man. Very. I, I I've always known you. Yeah, because I know you so well. <laughs> that sounded awesome. Anyways, man, from what I know of you, dude, you've been a humble person for a long time, and. I, you know what? I, I appreciate what I do know of you when it comes to that man. You're a good dude.
1: I appreciate that. Thank, thank you very much. I, mm-hmm. I hope that I won't go downhill now that that. Now oh, that, now, now that uh, you're
0: now that you're affiliated with me, watch you know, out, man. It's all you know downhill what, from here.
3: You
1: know
0: what <laughs> Ethan did? Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ethan was hanging out with Lyndon Novak. He's up to no good. That Ethan now. <laughs> yeah that's what all the that's what all the old ladies are gonna be talking about anyways mark you got a story about uh, something that might make us say take off eh
2: well I I should have done what Ethan did and and combined it with his you know tool story and all because I could have because that's actually what mine is is about that drill that I got uh, that the uh the camelback drill so the person i got it from i originally got in contact with him because he was interested in buying a 50 pound little giant that i had Um, and so he showed up and he brought a, a camera with him too and i thought that was well that's interesting and he began filming the interaction that we had that day and as part of the, the initial, I guess, negotiation um, of in his effort to get the 50-pound little giant, he had offered some cash and then also, on top of that, a trade of this drill that I have right now. Hmm. And as I said earlier, it's a big drill. And yeah. I was in the market of a, a drill press, of a larger drill press that would be capable of drilling these striking animals out. Um, because previously I'd always done it at school, at the shop at school, so it wasn't an issue. But now I'm no longer in school, so I, I needed a solution for that. But most of the um, drill presses that are offered today that are capable of that are a pretty small footprint. Still, they don't take much, um, and so I, I was really hesitant. I, I didn't want. I told him I did not want the drill press simply because. There's not, I don't have room for. It. I can't justify using the space it would take. Um, so I, I kind of, I kind of told him no about that. But he ended up, he did buy the fifty pound little giant, um, you know, without doing the trade of the drill press. And I think from there we still kept in contact because he does a lot of machine work, and I was needing some, basically plates made for my power hammer for different dies to be welded to. Um, and I knew that he was capable of it. So I I had him do that anyways. He's, he still, you know, part of the reason he wanted to trade the drill press to me is because he he really felt that it fit in well with my shop. And as Ethan said, you know, they're pretty well, aesthetic pleasing tool. They're, they're really quite gorgeous, I think, but, um, so he he then called me, and apparently there had been a video made already before he called me that that stated this all. But he called me and he, he to let me know that he wanted to give me the drill press instead, and he's just hmm. going to give it to me. And, and I said, "Well, I said, I guess on on those terms, I will make room for it." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that, that wow. works. So I, didn't
0: so I, you. I did, and, yeah. What the hell? Take off, eh? Is that am I supposed to be saying take off, eh? Yet or is yeah.
3: that
2: you know? Yeah, you know I mean, what's that, funny, that's Lindley? pretty much it.
3: I saw one of those drill presses about three, maybe four years ago at an auction
0: in and, Manitoba.
3: Yeah, yeah. Take yeah. off East St. Paul. Um, yeah, I picked up a stereo for like. Five bucks and it's it's like worth a couple grand. It's it's ridiculous, anyway. um, But at this auction, they had one of these drill presses, and I think it went for two dollars. Dear Lord, yep, yep, that's wow. insane. The guy was a scrapper, so it probably oh, got melted down somewhere. No, yeah, you know, I I before, know.
0: It's sitting in some yard somewhere. Who knows? I'd be hilarious if it ended up being Dan, because um, Dan at Henry Avenue Forge has one that he uses, and he swears by it being one of his most favorite pieces of machinery in his shop. Actually, this guy,
3: he was running an antique shop in Transcona somewhere. Huh. Yeah. Transcona. Not sure where exactly, but... I don't know. I've talked to Eekster him a, a couple times. Corner. Yeah, love the man. That's one thing I I miss so much: auctions. I love yeah. just going out, hanging out, getting a coke.
0: Dude, and the I hit I up a still. whole whack load of garage sales at like the end of summer. I was just like, wait a minute, garage sales there are many, many, but find all- anything cool? Um, I got another Reed vice and another, another big Reed vice, real big one. Um, at a garage sale. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I picked up that big filing cabinet. It's like an engineer's filing cabinet. Oh, I didn't see this. Excellent. And I got it is a um like a wire like a bench grinder. But dude, I don't know if you can. It's a okay. So a pedestal grinder maybe would be more what it's called. Okay, this thing is massive. It came out of the know. CN rail yard. It used to run off of a three horsepower, three phase motor, dude. Wow. All right. Yeah, it is massive. So the three phase motor inside of it died and the owner of it gutted the uh, internals, hooked up a belt to it and an <laughs> external motor. And has an external motor running behind it, and it's not—it's only a two-horsepower motor that it runs off of now. But still, sure. seriously, two—and honestly, the only reason I wanted it was for the wire wheel on it for buff yeah. for buffing off scale and stuff like nice. that. What, what kind of stuff do you guys use for taking off your scale? What are you using, Ethan?
1: Um. Well, to be honest, uh, most of what I make is hammers and tools that are, and so for tools that are heat treated like hammers, uh, once the quench happens, most of the scale is ready to peel off. And so just a light wire brushing just leaves a, a wonderful surface. And then as far as far as the tools go also generally, um, I've been able to develop develop a process where there's Few enough heats that not much scale develops. Hmm. So on the tools, that's kind of how it works there. And then otherwise I'm, I'm really, um, unevolved when it comes to getting scale off. I'll just, I'll just wire brush things. Um, yeah, I think I've used it, yeah. a needle scaler once in a while if I'm trying to do a big job fast, but, uh, yeah, simple as
3: that. So where would someone go to pick up one of your hammers?
1: They can go to www.ethanhardy.com. There's nice. a couple of different website addresses that will take you there. HardyLocomotiveWorksMyBusinessName.com will take you there too. Um, you don't, don't
0: sell know. just hammers though either, right? You've got flatters on there and other stuff too, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, every general blacksmithing, uh, blacksmithing hand tool, hammers, top tools, which would include fullers, uh, different sizes of fullers, flatters, um, bottom tools or Hardy tools, uh, tongs, hammer tongs, flat bit tongs, a um, couple other specialty tools that are on there, uh, that are available for purchase. Very cool. And Mark, when you're, you're, you're selling
3: same too, Do right? you uh, do you ship mostly to Canada or where do you where
1: are your buyers? Uh, well, because because Mark is a better tool maker, he takes up all the U.S. market. So uh, he'll send anything below the line. No,
0: I. It's I, all I'm, Mark's fault for sure.
1: That's right. No. No, that's right. But um, Mark does make very, very nice tools. He sure does. Yeah. I have the privilege of being able to ship actually mostly outside the U.S. or okay. outside of the Outside Canada, I'm sorry. Okay. So I would say about twenty percent stays in Canada throughout Canada, and the rest is is U.S. mostly, and then okay. some Australia is, seems to be a larger market for whatever oh. reason. Interesting. And, and the the weirdest place, not necessarily weird, but the um, the most out there place that I've ever sent anything to was Saudi Arabia. Wow, wow. that's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. That's
0: very cool. So back to Mark. Yeah, Mark's Uh, doing the tool thing too, man.
2: And you're selling tools too, right? I do. I'll sell a lot of of stuff that overlaps with what Ethan just listed. um, Because it kind of goes back to the same thing of of learning directly or indirectly from Brian. Kind of leads to the same product. And so I too uh, make a lot of the hair making tools as well as um, here recently, it seems like I've been doing more of it. I've just kind of won off commissions. Um, I've done some work for some different historical, um, uh, Texas historical landmarks or sites here. Um, consisting of like, I've done some hinges, strap hinges and cookware and hooks and that sort of thing. Uh, Sweet. So.
1: And Mark has some gorgeous art pieces too. No way, do you? Go go check them out. Definitely. Yeah, and a lot of
2: of what Ethan's talking about most recently, my most recent pieces, were prompted by uh, an art class I was taking in high school this previous year. And so that, there's kind of a story with that, of at least, you know, the idea originally was that I was actually going to be able to forge at school I was going to bring a small setup and I was going to work at school during this time for this art class. Um, But it ended up because of just a lack of proper communication that some people didn't like that idea, which is fair enough. So I ended up doing it all at home, but that prompted me to, it's not work that I typically do, um, especially the more kind of abstract pieces, Um, but it pushed me to a good place that I I enjoyed, I enjoyed having to do those things. That's what I like to hear. You're you're
0: starting to, I was gonna get like you know, oh. I was I don't know, you're saying something about being abstract and what an artist there to take off, eh?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: you're saying all the right things for Lyndon here. Wow,
1: pushing my <laughs> pushing
0: my buttons in the right places and in the right directions and whatnot, eh? flipping yep. my switches i like it
3: <laughs> and where yep. would we see that artwork on your instagram or do you have a website as well
2: so there are well i'll start with the website i have just recently i created a website um that's still it's very rough right now and, and so i won't plug it at the moment because it's it's not something that people oh, need to be going to do
3: it because someone might be listening to this in in a year
2: well, I gotta up, first. A I gotta first see actually what the address even is. I think it's. let me see, markling.com. Uh, no. Well, yeah. Well, it's pretty close. www.marklingblacksmith.com. Okay. Um, that is the website, but it is it's very rough. I made it before I went to Quad State. I wanted to have new business cards made, and when I had those cards made I wanted to have my website on it so essentially I created the website just enough that I would have the the domain name or the website URL so I could put it on my cards and it's not gotten much past that yet um, that's alright but mm-hmm. you can Go contact somewhere. me yeah you can contact me directly um, through Instagram um, it's pretty well pretty good way to do that or through facebook um and that's probably the most common way that people do get a hold of me
3: very good very good so what's next for you guys we've got all these stories about the past the chain gang how big's your duel take off a but we want to know what's next on uh on the agenda mark what's up man Oh, Are man. you gonna make that
2: Where I, I was hoping I wouldn't be first here. Um, <laughs> not that I would come up with a better answer if I had time, anyways. But I am not sure. Um, not sure. I'm not sure. So I did just finish high school. Um, just just th- this past March, and I'm taking. You know, I I'm not committed to a college or any further education at the moment. Um, I want to take at least a year. Um, without doing that, um, not to rush into all that when I don't see there being a reason to. um, Because I I don't, I was talking to a friend about this earlier this week. Um, It's hard for me to have a desire to actually have a salary-based job. I find it almost demeaning or undervaluing what I'm worth. and, And that might be out of some pride. Of thinking I'm worth much more than I am, but as far as motivating myself, um, I really like the work that I do of, you know, piece work and getting paid by the piece and not just an hourly wage for me existing at a certain location. I think that's it works for a lot of people, but it's not what I'm familiar with, and so that certainly has um, moved me to to have my preferences that I do have now. Um, so at the moment, though, I am just doing blacksmithing full-time, um, and, and that's been my only source of income since I've been working, actually. I've never held a, a job other than forging. Um, and cool, so that there's that. And then as far as the actual future, um, there, there's considerations of doing this further into the future. Um, I've said before, if it was just myself, that I was having to provide for, I would have no problem doing this, continuing it. Um, But with the idea of providing for others in the future, that's something that almost feels more selfish to do, um, knowing that there might be better opportunities to provide. Um, So it's a lot to take into consideration. But
3: You got to look at it in the way where You're happy as well. Like I, as much as what you're saying makes you're you're hitting
0: us in the feelers here, buddy. (laughs) You got (laughs) to think
3: about what what makes you you, right? Right, and what makes you happy, and and who you are, and how you're representing yourself, and how people will be like how they feel around you. And if you're in a job that's shitty and you're not enjoying it and you're not the full you, what then, are you trying to
0: say about me, man? Take hey, off. Man, Leave, you me you. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Jeez. You gotta push me like that. Sorry, man.
3: <laughs> I love my not job. Not against you so much. But I think being patient is really important at the yeah. point where you're at. I, I kind of did the same thing. I took a year off school. Um, I love going to university. And uh, thought that was a good idea. It helped me gain some direction and figure out what I was gonna do. And uh, yeah, I was in Horror. the in the teaching career for uh, 10 uh, ten plus years. And then uh, decided, okay, it's time for a change. I'm not happy with what I'm doing right now. I want to venture off and
0: do other things and be the full me. So we had this conversation, me and you had this conversation once before, Justin, where you kind of you you were on the fence at one point about that. I remember you being on the fence about it. Oh, shoot. I'm still looking at my bank account slowly. <laughs> <in my> bank.
3: <laughs> but I, I i actually, I went and took a course this last weekend. So that might... Uh, a course might for supplement. what? Um, on set. So you can go work on film sets. Oh, I cool. think the hours are pretty oh. nutty. But uh, I just need to take my WMIS course. And then I'll be able to... Uh, simple. Go work on uh, film sets. So, cool, man. I don't know.
0: Something so, else? Mark, man... <laughs> I don't know why but like the older person in me maybe is what's wanting to do this but I want to give you <laughs> crushing beers <laughs> a hint of advice maybe it's probably the four beers that I've had twice tonight um honestly dude you got you got you're at a point now where you're you're you have the chance to take on anything you don't have anything holding you back don't just do whatever take take on something do Mm -hmm. uh go go take some blacksmithing courses somewhere because that's what you're doing maybe go take take a machining course because it lines up with who you are right learn machining maybe take a welding course learn welding don't just kind of like and man you are young, dude. You've got time under your belt. You, I know you guys can work 18-hour days, and it won't even phase you. I work 18-hour days, and I hate myself for it. <laughs> when you've got the chance, freaking soak it up, man. You guys learned this when you were with Brian Brazil. Brian Brazil, sorry. You soaked up every chance you could with that man. You stayed up late. And you listen to every word he said. Life is like that, man. Soak up every freaking chance you've got. Take every chance and just go for it, dude, man. You right now, this idea of like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Man, that is the truest form of being a young man. If you were to say, I know exactly what I want. I'd say you're a liar, dude. You have no idea what you want. No one. Ever knows exactly what you want if you said you know exactly what you want in 20 years you're going to look back and say i was wrong life is a a storybook and you write it as you go just don't stop freaking writing it man do as much as you possibly can and when i look at you two guys i'm like an 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 envy of what you guys do man you're freaking 19 years old and look at the crap you're doing it's amazing absolutely amazing like seriously congratulations to both of you man so how do we become members of this chain gang
1: <laughs> i think is what Lyndon is saying <laughs> you have to get married to one of us oh. that is that is the only well you know it's kind of crazy That's...
0: ethan's married so linden you're, you're married to a girl named emily my yes. daughter's name my daughter's name is emily let's It doesn't,
1: we we can't do it by proxy. Close enough. Proximity does work. (laughs) Damn it. I'm sorry.
0: Okay. Well,
1: I'm sorry. You got to get past Andrew to get in the chain game. Uh, Okay. All right. So, the problem I have
0: is the only one out of the four of you that's Canadian is you, man. (laughs) I'm not going to embellish on this border situation that you had. But I I ain't going down there, dude. I they don't want me down there. So, yeah, we. You know, I I'm coming, you, I'm, I'm
1: coming for you, Ethan. Another <laughs> <laughs>
3: time.
0: I'm coming for sure you, Ethan. They-
1: how about you,
3: Ethan? What's uh what's up on the horizon?
1: Oh goodness. Uh, well, you well, guys
3: got the new house. You're newly yeah. married.
1: That's yeah. Huge. Yeah. So the biggest thing uh, on the horizon of life in general is our baby which is due you enter into the enter into the atmosphere uh on december 28th no way nice. yeah. And awesome so, dude. yeah Wow, and that's
3: that's coming up quick yeah
1: it is it is it's uh it's actually shocking that uh, you know a lot of babies with our medical technology today are born at like 30 weeks and on that day Emily's, yep. Emily's pretty much there, and so it's really, realistically, it kind of, it kind of hit me in the face, like it could, in an emergency, happen any day. So that's the newest Ooh, no thing, kidding, hey. and that, that all just uh, provides an extra bit of push to try and be a good provider and all that. So how that would tie into future life things is just um, trying to take yeah. the business that I have and try and grow it. And I'm trying to grow it in the direction of industrial forging. So I'll just explain that for some people that I've been thrown around this term. What does that mean? Well, I'm talking about small scale industrial or commercial forging and the, uh, the type of industry that it is in Canada is if there is a forged part that needs to be made Um, typically they'll get it made overseas in China where the labor forces cheat when they need millions of them or thousands of them. But if there's kind of a one-off special part or even in the hundreds kind of, um, it's not uh, uh, monetarily. Yeah, it's not efficient to set up a process overseas that might cost a million dollars or something like that. Set up a company and all that. So, So they'll get domestic companies to forge the pieces. And so an example would be um, a special type of camshaft or any, um, or braces or brackets for power lines, which I've actually done before. And then the newest one that I'm trying to work on getting the contract for is, uh, pallet forks, big, like, uh, payloader pallet forks. Cool. And so, yeah. So jobs for the big steam hammer. And so if, if I can move the business in that direction, that would be, uh, that would be great. And, um, and hopefully I can do blacksmithing for the rest of my life, you know, if the Lord wills. And if not, um, I mean, if I finish my class one license, I'll have that little option to go off of. And and um, I'm blessed to have parents who have cattle ranch who uh, are always accepting of, of extra hands. So that's kind of what my future looks like. And Emily and I are so happy to be out in the middle of nowhere on a farmstead and uh, just with lots of craziness going on in the world, we're just kind of happy to be secluded in our little place. And, and uh, we have a nice group of friends. And so that's, we're just, we're just kind of content and happy and looking forward to the next thing.
0: Nice, man. That's awesome. Sounds awesome. Yeah, man. Super awesome. Good for you, dude. Congratulations on the child, the new home, everything you're doing, man. Hope you cla- pass that class one with fire, man. Because, dude, I'd be surprised if you didn't, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I personally hope that I don't burn the truck down while I'm taking the test. That's not what I meant by fire. Well, I know. I'm yeah. sorry. I should, I, I should I, be- that's
0: my job. I'm the welder. I burn oh, things down, okay. and I have done it before on mm-hmm. lunch break i got called out hey uh, the bus is on fire it happens man don't do that okay
1: yeah
0: sorry oh, yeah
1: <laughs> i <don't> totally understand <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> dude we've been chatting for like an hour and 45 minutes already and that's like that's only what we're recording we were chatting for like 15 minutes before we started recording it's been like 2 hours already man i think we're Sounds like sounds like Emily just got home. I just heard somebody yell dad. So, you know what, man? All right. think it's probably about time we start to wrap it up, man.
3: All right? Dude, what do you think? It's time. On that note.
4: Cool.
0: What? Dude, Wait. You guys. Yeah. Chain gang. Where were you guys? Chain gang did. Come on. Thing. Did we That's participate right. in right.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> did, did you did you catch how that works Mark? I don't know, I didn't get the memo.
0: Okay, so <laughs> it's it's all a bunch of like coos and loo Lo-coo-coos. coo coo kuku. Yeah. So nice, nice. just kind of kind of go with it. It starts off with a coo. Loo-coo-coo. all right? You ready? Uh Here we
4: go.
3: So these these guys Bob and Doug McKenzie they're like um, they wear plaid and they drink beer and they had like a skit comedy show in like the 80s. And you know what I'm and they were just it. like, yeah, I know it's about normal. random shit. Like they'd be like, they would talk with a like strong Canadian accent and just talk nonsense, and uh, Canadians okay. ate it up.
0: Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, all that stuff. The Great White North. Um, yeah. Hey, by the way, that was my idea. That's I don't know. right. That's the uh, you know this is yeah, okay. so. I like I, I that's part of the yeah yeah place. I have a big thing for Bob and Doug um but yeah that's Rick Rick Moranis and um yeah I forget yeah the, the other guy. Dave Thomas Dave thank Thomas. you yes Rick, I don't know man I've been a Rick Moranis fan like since I was a little kid dude nice. did you he, he had a tv show or like a cartoon at one time too Rick Moranis hi Really? Yeah. Huh. I know, like no one knows know about that. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was Have like uh st- it was like um a bunch of like zombies and mummies and stuff like that going to school. Weird. Yeah. Strange brew, the movie, awesome. Hell yeah.
3: Classic. Yeah. It wasn't me, eh? It was the chair. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: Guy farts. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's his response. And their and their dog hose head. Is that the name of the dog? That's the name of the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about I thought about changing my dog's name, but you know. Oh shit. That's funny. Yeah. And they feed their dog beer. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Classic you, you Canadian. Can't, a movie like that would get like burnt to the ground in seconds. Could you imagine somebody feeding their beer in a movie today? To a dog? The f- yeah, the the hysteric the oh, hysteric yeah, hysteri- oh my god, everybody be losing their shit. No,
3: everyone loses their shit for everything. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All the Karen's out there, eh? Uh, yeah. Well poor Karen. So Ethan Man, I never got to ask you, dude. You did you go to school for the um steam engine stuff?
1: In a way. So my schooling in in the things of uh, steam traction engines and locomotives and antique iron in general was from a man named Dale Friesen, who lives in a little town called Piapot, Saskatchewan. And he's a gunsmith. That's what he, oh, antique really? arms gunsmith. And he also restores steam engines. And I used to go spend summers with him when I was about eight or nine years old. And we made guns and steam engines. At eight and- or nine years old. Yeah, crazy, yeah. <laughs> crazy. and uh, so that's that's where I learned uh, the majority of my practical skills in metalworking too. So that's how I was introduced to the to blacksmithing because you have to make the parts for the machines if you don't have them, and, right, and right. Uh, you might have to forge some. So, uh, and but as far as formal training, because I'm sure you're aware, you need certification to operate a pressure vessel. Um, oh. I took um it's actually not quite as a big of a deal as it sounds but i do have a power engineering license and i got that when i was 13 or so and it, <laughs> it was it's a it's a special certificate to be able to operate anti riveted boilers on a traction engine or a stationary wow. engine and uh and um and it, i think it was a it was less than a week-long course yeah, um, and then there was a, uh, a written test, government exam, and a practical test, and then you have to renew that every two years for another practical test. So that's that was the schooling that I took for that aspect of it. So and and if anyone is interested, because I talk to so many people, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, you've actually operated steam engines!" I think that's so cool, and I'd say, uh, "Yeah, it's getting to be fewer and fewer people who." Uh, who have access to run them but especially in alberta and manitoba and probably ontario too there's um there's training courses that have kind of grown over the last uh, few years in such a way that it's more accessible for people Mm. and so if someone is interested in it you know, if you get a hold of any kind of a local or not local museum sometimes, but any kind of a bigger museum that has steam engines, they're going to know about this and know where to point you in the right direction. Because um, everyone now has to go through these training courses in order to be certified for yeah. running traction engines. steam. Yeah, if
0: you're engine. in Manitoba, look up the Turtle Mountain Tractor Club. Oh, yeah, cool.
1: there you go. So.
3: Yeah, actually, I just... My dad's buddy. It was my parents' 50th anniversary uh, this past weekend. Yeah,
0: congratulations to them, dude.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, But I got to hang out with my dad's friends, which is the first time I've ever, like, really met them or hung out with them. Oh, man, it was a blast. I (laughs) had a few beers with them and chatted it up. The one guy, he restores steam engines, like steam tractors, and has his machine shop with, like, the mill, the steel lathe, all no, the goodies, really? and uh, yeah, I'm What's gonna have to go visit him if the, you don't in mind the next me little while. You? What's that?
1: What's his name? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, me?
3: That was last weekend after several beer. I don't recall.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's kind of a tight community. It's yeah, I, I was gonna say I community. bet. That's why I asked.
3: Yeah, yeah he's uh, he's just outside of Saint Jean in Manitoba here, and okay. he uh, apparently travels all over the place with his tractors and.
0: You better get uh you better get Ethan his name, man. Connect the connect the guys.
3: Yeah, I'll I'll figure it out. I'll I'll shoot you a message, Ethan. Cool.
0: All right, man. Well that's I it. I don't know, man. I gotta Is there right we, now? uh I, I gotta go to the washroom, dude. I don't know. You guys can keep talking if you want, but I'm gonna go wash him. Cool, run. <laughs> Catch you later. <laughs> <laughs> what were you
3: gonna say, Ethan? You looked like you were gonna
1: I said, is there an after show? I remember listening to an episode of Y'all's podcast. Yeah. This and there is an after like, show. Oh this is okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or just that that's why Lyndon's gone to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah.
1: So is this on this does this get published
3: or, or yeah. Is this Yeah, oh. we'll publish it. Did did you guys you guys didn't do your shout outs? Did we you guys didn't. did you guys have a shout out? I did. Yeah. I do. Sure, let's do that while uh, Lyndon's relieving himself.
1: <laughs> okay. I um, will I guess I'll volunt- volunteer myself to go first so I don't put Mark on the spot again. Sure. I've been famous for that here. But uh, I, I mentioned we mentioned the Moccasin Mountain Hammer collection earlier as the okay. biggest collection of uh, mechanical power hammers that work probably in the world. Right. And so um i it would be awesome if that place was more well known because it's just it's just a wonderful collection owned by a wonderful man his name is alan lake and so you can find him on instagram if you type in moccasin mountain hammers and he's also on facebook probably more active on facebook i'm not sure does he collect or sell as well uh well he has both he's a collector he's a collector And he's run courses at his shop before. I went to, the first time that I ever went there, there was a course taught by Brent Bailey, a power hammer course on how to make hammers and and different things with power hammers. So there's different, there's an event once in a while that's there. It's just lesser known. It's kind of tucked away in, uh, it's around uh, Lewistown, Montana, but it's just a fantastic place, again, owned by a fantastic gentleman who's been generous enough to let the chain gang Come and um, and forge with his power hammers and use his shop. No kidding. For a few years, so
3: yeah. Nice, definitely worth a shout out. How how many power hammers do you figure he has uh, kicking around the shop there?
1: Fifty.
3: Fifty. Wow. Maybe more. That's where they all went.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, And again, as Mark was saying, it's not just power hammers anymore antique machine tools and not just old grubby nice. like 40s machine tools not that 40s machine tools are bad they're wonderful but this is like pre-20s machine tools with wow. with um you know they, the wonderful architecture in the piece that you find in in that era of machines whether it's shapers or um planers or milling machines mm-hmm. or he cutters or like oh it's just wonderful
3: wow Yep. I'd like to go hang out there. Just mm-hmm. drool through the shop. How about you, Mark? Your shout-out.
2: Mine would be um, on Instagram. It's at Noah Stuse. S-T-U-S-S-E. Um, it's a young blacksmith. I had the chance to meet at Quad State. And it's actually both myself and Jonathan Pinkston um, we worked a couple of days with him. Um, he, he just kind of showed up one of the days and he, he hung around and for a couple of hours, it was just him watching me forge and asking questions and um, was really, really impressed by um, just kind of his ability to learn and his eagerness to learn. Um, was, it was really encouraging to see, honestly when you meet someone like that nice Um, he's got he
3: only has 16 posts on his instagram
2: yeah no, no, 272
3: followers now
2: right but uh i'm really excited to see what what he's going to be doing here in the future um and i'm hoping that he'll be able to come down here and we'll get to work some more together Uh, maybe for the conference in january um or hopefully sooner than that though too Where's he from? Virginia, um, United States.
0: Okay. So that's so a bit of it's a bit of a
2: drive for him to come to see you. Hey? It is. I think um, it said that he has some family here in Texas, so kind of put those two trips together um, to visit family, and then hopefully be able to stop by here for some time too.
0: How the hell do you forge in Texas, dude? Sorry for my, you
2: know, fans. Big fans. No it kidding. makes all the difference in water and but we fan in... without a, if i didn't have a fan during the summer i would not forge no whereabouts in texas like north south so i'm in college station texas um it's really it's kind of central texas maybe further east than central but um it's maybe less than a couple hours north of houston about an hour from Huntsville, a couple hours from San Antonio. Crazy,
0: um, dude. Yeah.
2: And
1: See, like, so of, many
3: people.
2: And speaking
1: speaking up, of forging in Texas, Mark should tell a little bit about the Texas Blacksmithing Conference, which he is one of the main organizers of. Oh, no
0: way. No way. No way. 19 years old and you're the main organizer of an event.
2: Well, so I I mentioned a little earlier. What, what's that, Ethan.
1: I said, we'll use this to get it f- more famous. Yeah. More famous. Yeah, yeah. because
2: what, what, one of our 12
0: listeners might hear about it. No, we, we have, have more listeners one. than that. <laughs> Take <laughs> off. <laughs> no one wants to listen to you, you freaking idiot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, as I would mentioned earlier, there was an event that was pretty local to us here black swing event that happened annually steep hollow forge uh, combo demo and it just had its last event it must have been 20 let me think 2019 i guess okay no no no, no. 2020 yes 2020 was the last event and uh especially last year and all around that time during covid everything had kind of stopped a lot of the events there weren't any Um, and so we really felt the need to have one especially because with the combo demo no longer happening um, not really to fill that space because we recognize that we can't really to the extent that it served but um, to try and move in that direction of providing a similar event to the public and to the blacksmiths so um, last year was the first year it happened it's going to happen again this upcoming january i think it's the f- last saturday in january and i think that's maybe the 31st so it, it's held yeah. alongside of a gas engine show so there, there's you know plenty of hit and miss engines and tractors yeah. oh, and-
0: hold, hold on hold on hold on did you say january yeah what yes you guys, you know what it's like. Here okay, no, no,
2: no. Well, you know what it's, you like, know what it's like in you Canada should, should in January. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. I'll go to Texas, dude.
2: Come I'm down like here kidding, because a? see, Texas, loud, you I can would. wear. Well, you can wear like shorts some of the days, you know. And um, and guns and knives. Yeah. Do you carry mm-hmm. a gun, Mark? Not on my person. i'm um, in my vehicle, I do, but. You got one on the uh, wall right behind you there, eh? I do. That's a, a muzzle loader, so that's a black powder rifle. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Nice. Um, Have you ever shot it? Not that particular one. No, that is actually one I bought from Andrew Larson um, mm-hmm. earlier this summer. So,
0: hey, and you know what, man? I want a small apology to Andrew and. Um, is it uh Jonathan sorry Mr Pinkston can't even
3: remember his name I, I knew his kind of last, Apology is this
0: because i oh, well i knew his last name was pinkston but yeah <laughs> anyways um i honestly really would have loved to have all four of you guys on the show i really really would have but i have a funny feeling it would have been a shit show and i'm extremely happy with the chat that we've had with the two of you guys this has been absolutely amazing I thank you for that. And I apologize to the other two gentlemen for not having them on. <laughs> Perhaps one day
1: we'll get a chance Perhaps to speak. Perhaps one
0: day. Perhaps one day.
1: Yeah, thank you for having us on. I was just going to say, mm. in the future, if you want some type of special episode, I'm just I'm, – I have the, like the, the – from the Joe Rogan podcast, like the special episodes with like four people and Alex Jones like ringing in my head type of thing. <laughs> yeah. But man, if you could – if, if there was ever a special opportunity and you wanted to have the full chain gang on I know that we would absolutely love to do that and uh, and who knows maybe the audience would too because um, the four of us can sure put on some humor especially Jonathan um, all right and-
3: we'll see if we get any listener feedback do you guys want the chain gang on the show
0: we'll find out Send yeah. us an email to uh, ForgeSideChat at gmail.com. There you go. You can hook, hook, hit us up there with any questions or comments you want. You yep. know, Tell us how, uh, how much you hate the show, how much you love the show, <laughs> how much you're uh, not even too sure about the show. Maybe you want something out of the show. Maybe, Maybe you yeah, want us to suggestion. stop, doing, stop doing something. Maybe there's something yeah. I'm doing that you want me to stop doing. The kalukuku, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> I think they like it. Yeah. Maybe you want well, me to talk? Stop talking. <laughs> stop talking about my big tool. I don't know. <laughs> or stop drinking so much beer. I don't know. I, <laughs> damn it! I'm out of beer again. <laughs> oh no.
3: All right, Mark. Ethan, Lyndon's out of beer. Mark, good luck with your planning of your event. That's awesome. It's great to see um, it in like young blood's hand and like rejuvenated that's awesome um yeah. it's a lot of work i'm sure and effort yes. it, it'll yeah. it'll end up that's that's you following who you want to be right so that's that's fantastic where where in texas so, is
0: the event held linden we're done. we're done that's we're it done. okay yeah okay if you want right, to find guys. out more hit up ethan hit up mark we gave you all the info if you missed it listen again exactly all right, guys, have a good night. Ciao for now. All right,
2: Yo, oh, thank, too. You. thank you.
0: I love you, <laughs> all of you. No, like I did, I mainly Justin, but oh, I, oh man, seriously, man, I love what you guys do. I really do, man. Ethan, I'm sure if we got to know each other, I'd love you too, man. <laughs> and the same goes to you, Mark, dude. You guys are gentlemen gentleman and a half. I don't know. Much I'm just love.
1: That there's a love hierarchy. I think that was so. <laughs> oh, you
0: you didn't know um, that about the show and us. <laughs> i I'm I'm a lover, man. A midnight lover. <laughs>